It is Adam, and we have the incredible opportunity to talk to Olivia King over Zoom video. Olivia grew up in Rhode Island, and she talked about how she got into music. Her friend actually pushed her into a solo when she was in chorus. Young, young age. She didn't want to sing the lead, but her friend knew she had a great voice, so she kind (laughs) of raised her hand for her. But ever since, she has been obsessed with singing and performing and writing. She talked about writing a jingle for a company in San Francisco at a very early age. Going to college, not for music, but that's where she really decided that music was going to be her life. She talks about how for the past four years, Olivia has released a new song every single month for the last four years. So put together her first record DIY all the way through her most recent song she's been releasing. Olivia's brother is a pitcher for the New York Yankees, and she talks about writing a song for him to come out to the mound to. So a lot of players have the song that they walk out to when when they're going to go pitch at a home game. And she wrote a song for him when he was in college playing baseball. So it's a really cool story about that as well. You can watch our interview with Olivia King on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. So we'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Olivia King. I'm Adam, by the way, and this is all about you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about the new stuff you have coming out. I love the the new single you just released, PC, uh, PTSD. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm trying to release as much music as humanly possible in 2021. That's kind of my goal. There you go. That's a good goal. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I did read from Rhode Island. Is that correct? I am. Yeah, the smallest state. Where Where are you from? Are you... I'm from, no? I'm, no, I'm from San Diego, California. Okay. okay. So I've all like my family and I, we moved here uh, like six months ago. So we're very oh. new to the, the Southeast. Like <laughs> yeah. So talk to me about Rhode Island. Rhode Island is small. I feel like everyone knows everybody. Um, but I've been here since I was six and it's just a good location because it's right in the middle of New York and Boston. Mm-hmm. And then I almost pulled the trigger on moving to LA so many times. I work with so many people out there, but it would just be hardcore downsizing and paying more. And oh yeah, I can, I can do so much online and travel whenever I need to. And then my fiance and I actually own um, an influencer marketing agency. So one of our like big goals for 2022 is to get like a content house in LA so we can have people that work for us. Like they could work out of there. We can go there and stay whenever we want to. And then we can kind of be bi-coastal. So fingers crossed that. that that can happen. Yeah, I'd love to chat with you uh, after this conversation about that company. That's really, sounds really cool. Um, And I would suggest San Diego. I've been told San Diego is the cooler, younger brother of LA. Really? Wow. (laughs) Any less expensive? Uh, You can find cheaper spots. (laughs) Yeah. You're commuting about a couple hours, but it's, like I said, I've been told it's a cooler, younger brother. Right now, we're not buying anything. The real estate market is just insane. Oh, it's crazy. It is so crazy. But, um, well, so Rod, you said you moved there when you were six. Where were you yep. born? Yep. I was born in New York and then my dad was actually a television news anchor. So we moved wow. quite a bit. Um, so we moved a little bit in New York and then he got a job in Minnesota that 
he couldn't turn down. So we moved there for like four years from when I was like two to six. Mm -hmm. And then my parents are both from around here. My dad's from Boston. My mom's from New York. Uh, so this was like the perfect place when he got a job in Rhode Island and we've kind of stayed ever since. Is he still on TV? He isn't. He stopped doing that uh, maybe over 10 years ago now. Okay. He actually got into, um, he started selling his grandmother's sherbet and it was kind of like ran, totally random going like, from TV <laughs> to that, but he always wanted to start his own business with that. So he did it after he got off of TV, he did that for like 10 years. And now he is working as like a higher up at like any, it sounds so weird, any eggs that you see in like any grocery store, they pretty much come from this farm. Uh, really? Yeah, Hillendale Farm. So now he works there. Wow. Kind of a random. What an interesting show. journey he had. Wow. <laughs> a little bit random, but. That's cool. Well, I know yeah. I've, I'm in, I came from radio, so I understand the whole moving around. You just go where you can get a job. I mean, yep. my, it is my what it is. My father was on radio. So I think that's kind of how my dad ended up kind of falling in love with the entertainment business and stuff sure. like that. So. Well, you kind of fell suit, not in the same world, but as an yeah, entertainer. No, yeah, no one, no one in my family is really that musical. My great grandfather came over from Italy and he played oh, trumpet for Percy Faith. Really? Uh, yeah. So that's like the only like way down the line musical gene that I have. Otherwise, I feel like it's pretty athletic. I don't know if you saw my Instagram. Um, oh yeah i, I kind of with my brother yeah i kind of creeped game. on your brother's instagram too <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> you look so much like your mom like he posted this mother's day picture of you all in the field and i was like oh my gosh you look like a yeah. spitting image of her yeah um i feel like i look very much like my mom and he looks a lot like my dad so me and my brother don't look at all alike <laughs> is he um or because he's obviously a baseball player were you in uh, in sports at all or are you focused all a lot on music? Yeah, I was really more focused on music. I, I played softball and then I was a pitcher and I it was underhand. I threw it up to myself and caught it and I was like, all right, that's that's it for me. I'm, nailed it. I'm done. <laughs> nailed, nailed it. I think I'm done with sports. I think I'll stick with the music. Okay. Well, how did you get into music? Like what drew you to it? I I've, I had always loved it when I was little. But um, I joined the church choir when I was in third grade. And my, I always tell this story how my friend sitting next to me like whispered as we were singing, like, hey, I think you should try out for the next solo. I can hear you. And I think you're pretty good. And I was like, no, no, no I'm way too nervous to do that. Mm -hmm. And so when the choir director asked who wanted to do the solo, she raised my hand for me. And the lady was like, Olivia, come on up. And I was like, oh, my God, shaking like a leaf. But ever since she pushed me to do that, when I was literally in third grade, like I've loved performing. So kind of ever since then, I ended up going to college, but um, spent most of my time in my dorm writing songs. I didn't like drink, smoke, go out, party. The one time I went out to a party, I met my now fiance. So I guess it was good that I did a little party. Wow. Yeah. It all it took was one party and you're yeah, done. All it took was one, <laughs> one party to find the guy. But um, yeah, I, I have just always had a love for it. But I think in college was when I was like, all right, I really want to do this like full time. 
Were you going to school for music or just something totally I different? Wasn't. I my parents even told me like, look, we know you're on a different path. We know you're going to be successful in what whatever you do. You don't need to go to college if you don't want to. That's like not something normal parents tell their kids. Sure. Uh, and I was like, uh, I know. But at, a, at the time I'm 18, all my friends are going to college. It feels like the right thing to do. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And see where it takes me I was just a communication major I was like you know I can use that in anything but mm -hmm. that's what I did <laughs> you're like huh, this sounds interesting talking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I, I did that and after college I was like I really just want to start releasing original music so in 2017 mm -hmm. I released my first single and I had been working with like different labels all like throughout my college career, different companies, management companies, and nothing ever quite worked out the way I wanted it to. And then I got screwed in like my last deal. I had this big like label thing on the table and it was like, oh, working, work in progress for six months mm -hmm. and completely fell through and I was crushed. I was like, oh my God, like I thought that was going to be my big break. And I was like, you know what, let me just try to do this on my own and see how it goes. And that's what I did. Um, uh -huh. Hence I, the name of your first record, right? In My Head was the name of my first single. And me and my fiance, we had a wall in our house and we were like, let's just think of any crazy marketing idea. When we think of it, we'll put a sticky note on the wall. <laughs> and so we had a whole wall full of marketing ideas for this first single. And whether it was a good or bad or stupid or amazing idea, we tried it. And mm -hmm. with my first single, I got about 500,000 streams on Spotify. And I was like, okay, there's definitely something to this. I didn't, oh, wow. any, I didn't pay anyone to do this. I didn't you know, I, it was literally just from me marketing it myself and figuring things out, getting on Spotify playlists in exchange for me, like giving them a shout out on my Instagram. And so I didn't pay anything to, to get to that point. And I was like, you know what, maybe there's something to this. So since then I've followed up with a release just about every month. Uh -huh. um, so it's been like four years now. Really? So you've released a new song every month for the past four years? Four years, Because <laughs> you have a record, right? The full record is DIY. Yep. I, so I released like a more full project, but honestly, like I think releasing singles is just so key for, I mean, multiple reasons. I think people just like when an artist is consistent, mm -hmm. and especially when you're on the come up. I think it's important to just like put out as much music as possible because you don't know which one's really going to hit. Uh, so, so I, I've been doing that for, for a while. Um, wow. Just releasing single after single after single. And I'm fortunate enough to have a space in my house as a recording studio. I have the photo backdrop. I can shoot yeah, all, I was gonna my, say. all my cover art. I can do little performance videos. I love editing. I found like a new love for editing all of my videos and photos and stuff. So I've really like honed in on the full DIY um, and can just pump out music that's quality and, and quick. Mm -hmm. So wow. that's kind of my, what my MO has been.
for a while. I love that. Well, it seems like we're in a world of singles, right? I mean, how many are, unless you're Taylor Swift, you're going to put a record out and yeah. somebody, you know, a lot of people are going to buy it or stream the whole yeah. album through. Yeah. But if you're a newer artist, a lot of people just can only take little bite-sized pieces of it. It's like, and then it's like, you don't want to put a whole record out and then have half the songs on it get, you know, kind of not, appreciated the same exactly. way i feel like if you release singles i feel like i can put it out and people can focus on that one song and appreciate it for the time that it's the new release and then you know i Move can follow on. up with a new one and we can focus on that so with with like a bigger project with an album it's hard to focus on every single song you end up having songs that are just like filler songs and mm -hmm. i don't want to put out stuff that is just treated like a filler song. An album cut, as they used to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Just> an album cut. <laughs> well, okay, so you started writing quite a bit in college, but um, weren't you writing prior to that? Because in like 16 or so you no, started? I, yeah, I started really getting into it in college, but like 16 is probably when, when I started. So I ended up writing a jingle for this company. And then I think it wow. was like, mid-college career um wrote a social media campaign for the kid from stranger things caleb mclaughlin he was doing this whole social media campaign about being your biggest fan embracing your face and literally that's all i got to write it like the producer that i was working with he was like hey i have this opportunity we need it done yesterday so you need to get it to me as soon as possible and i was like okay well what's the song about and he was like i don't know just look at the look at Caleb's Instagram bio and I'm like what <laughs> so he had like three hashtags in his Instagram bio I was like be your biggest fan embrace your face I don't I think there's one more and I was like okay so clearly it's something about like self-empowerment mm -hmm. uh, self-esteem so I went down that route and sent it over to him. I like quickly wrote and recorded it in like 30 minutes, sent him over just like a draft. He was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what he says. And he's like, all right, he already did the video with it. He's posting Monday. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even like do a full mix master, nothing. He's like, no, right. no, no worries. He just wants to take it as it is and run with it. I was like, okay. Whoa. <laughs> sure. And was he on Stranger Things at the time? Yeah. Yep. Oh my. So that must have really like, got your name out there. I would assume, yeah, like right? One, one of the main kids. So it was right when Stranger Things was like really on and popping with the first season. And so that was pretty cool. That is huge. Well, yeah. you said you, you wrote a jingle prior to that. Was that something like a world you were kind of dabbling in? Like, Cause it sounds like you're good at writing just like little, <laughs> a small little bit, pieces. Yeah. I can really, I feel like I can write quickly when I have a very like focused topic. So if you're writing a jingle for a company, you know exactly what they're all about, what they're selling. And I feel like I can hone in on that. And even just with the hashtags, I could get enough from that to like put together a song. Um, so I feel like that's my best work instead of like having to come up with certain concepts. Some, sometimes obviously it's just real life situations that I'm writing mm -hmm. about, so it's easy. But um, I feel like that's definitely a, a forte of mine that I like doing. How did you get that first jingle? Was it something that you were working it, with somebody already or? It was actually through like a, a, a family friend and ended up being for like this company in San Francisco where they send it. It was way back when. So it was before like the days of Uber Eats and stuff like that. But uh, okay. Essentially that kind of a company where you sure. can send someone a kudo and, um, you know. Like a kudo bar? 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Remember those? Yeah. They're still around. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, some sort of like a treat gift. And then it was like be sent with my song. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. That's cool. That's really cool, actually. <laughs> yep. What a, it sounds like you have so many very creative like marketing ideas. <laughs> I try. I feel like that, like, that's what's the most fun to me. Like, I have a lot of fun creating the music itself, but I'm actually like, totally zoned in on the business aspect of it too like mm. marketing ideas just get me going like that that's what uh, i don't know I, I i have a lot of fun with trying to think of unique ways to get my music out there instead of just kind of what everyone else is doing yeah well is your dad big into marketing it sounds like he was able to make a company out of <laughs> you know your grandma's yep. what sherbert or something yep. like Yep. He was, he was able to do that for about a, a decade. So yeah, I mean, he's definitely into that. My mom is like a communicate. She actually just retired, but she was a communications director for, uh, she was at a school, a hockey team, a zoo, like her oh, whole wow. career kind of went uh-huh. through that. So I feel like it's in the blood. I, my mom is very creative. So I probably get those creative marketing ideas and juices from, from her. Sure. So it wasn't until college that you released that first song? Yeah. Um, so back in 2017. So like right at the end of my college career. Okay. And when did this whole like label crashing down situation happen? Literally like a month before I released oh, that wow. song. Um, I had it ready to go kind of with them. Um, and it was just like, Never mind. After six months of going back and forth and negotiating a contract, it was like the strangest thing. I had my family over for like this big celebration of me signing this deal. Like it was so embarrassing. I was like, oh my God. And then as I'm literally sitting there eating dinner with my family, I get this email like, oh, they pulled it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, um, like in the middle of celebrating this whole thing, it was just like crushed me. And, but Honestly, sometimes it takes something like that to have a little chip on your shoulder to, you know, always kind of bring throughout your your career to just give you that little extra kick in the butt. So I always yeah. feel like, I mean, we're big New Englanders here, so we're Tom Brady fans, but he was like drafted in the 12th round and he always, yeah. like I had that chip on my shoulder that just, you know, no one really thought I could do it. And now everyone's calling him the greatest of all time. So it's like, you know, sometimes yeah. it's, it's good to have a little chip on your shoulder after things like that happen. Yeah, I was going to say it, it could it kind of went two ways for you, right? You could have just taken that as, well, this is not yeah. going to work. I'm done. I'm going to give up and I'm going to go into, yeah. you know, something to do with communications or whatever. But it sounds like you turned that around and was, yeah. you know, you're I like, well, <laughs> I never had like that plan B. I always felt like if I had a plan B, it would distract me from my my plan A. So I was, I, there was never a time even like after that and being so embarrassed and crushed that I was like, oh, I should just give up. Like that was never a thought in my mind. It was just, okay, how are we gonna move forward? How are we gonna make this happen in a different way? Wow, that's, that's very, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, not a lot of people, like I said, not a lot of people would do that. They would just be like, oh, well, I guess yeah. this isn't going to work out. Yeah, and, I think and- it, in anything, it's definitely, 
especially in the entertainment business. And I see it even just in my brother's business with sports, like you have to have a really thick skin. You can't let someone tell you that, you know, tell you no and have that affect you and have you think that that's the only answer you can get. Sure. I mean, I can imagine baseball very, cause there's a lot of guys that hang out in the minors forever. Right. I mean, they yeah, never get no the real reason like, and when they send you up and down and up and down, like you just can't let that kind of stuff get to you. You just have to do your best and eventually it'll, it'll come back to you. Sure. Sure. And don't you do a song for him or something like when yeah. it comes out? Like, yeah. tell me about that. Um, when he was in college, he would always struggle with what he wanted to be his walkout song when he came to the mound to pitch. And uh-huh. so every year he would come to me for suggestions. He's like, Liv, uh, what song should I do? Like uh, any cool songs you'd suggest. And then we kind of started joking around like, Oh, what if I actually like wrote you your own walkout song? So you wouldn't have to choose one every year. And so it was always kind of a joke. And then I saw on Jimmy Fallon, uh, Derek Jeter was on the show and the roots created him walk a walkout song and it was oh. so dope like it, it was it was amazing if if you haven't seen it you have to look up that episode because they killed it and so I sent that video on YouTube to a producer friend of mine and I was like hey I want to write my brother a walkout song can you make me a beat like this like the roots did for Derek Jeter and he was like yeah sure let me let me work on it so literally in a matter of like days he sent me it and I was like you nailed it and so I started writing to it and I was like this has to have some rap in there like it has to be hard it can't just be like your sister singing your walkout song and it's like oh la 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 it, <laughs> it has to be something that gets you going and right so I started writing a rap to it and I'm like, all right, well, I can't rap this like that. That's not going to work. I can sing the chorus. I can sing the bridge and do, you know, little backgrounds, but let me get a rapper on this. So I reached out to one of my rapper friends, Maystar from Boston. And I was like, I have this idea. Don't judge me. I recorded the rap myself. This is like <laughs> the flow and the lyrics that I want to go with. And he was like, dang, Liv, I didn't know you rap. I'm like, I, I don't. That's why I need you. But we got in the studio a couple weeks later and laid it down, filmed the music video as we were recording it in the studio. And I gave it to my brother for a Christmas present. And I just remember like I we had the video all ready to go. So I like, draped a, a blanket over the big TV at my parents' house. And I was like, all right, you have to come sit on the couch for, for your Christmas present. And we like took the blanket off and played it. And he was like slapping my legs so hard. He's like, Cliff, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is the best song I've ever heard. I'm like, okay, uh, that might start giving me a big head. Um, but so he's used that ever since. And so that was just when he was playing college ball. Then when he got drafted, he used it all throughout the minors. And now it's like playing in Yankee Stadium, which is so crazy. Oh my gosh. Have you heard it in Yankee stadium? Yeah, I did for the first time on Easter Sunday, actually, my brother pitched on Easter Sunday. My whole family went to the game um, and it played and it's, it's crazy. I actually just in the past, like two weeks signed a deal with ESPN and they're using it now, like on ESPN. So really? Yes. That is so awesome. Oh, it's like everything that I dreamt of as I was writing this song is happening, which is just so cool. Congratulations. That's the, massive. The epitome, the epitome of success with this song is if we could eventually get on Jimmy Fallon and 
and perform that song. Like I, that's like the, the pinnacle would, would be that. So that is so cool. I don't see why it wouldn't happen. Try to that's, speak it into existence. The more sure. my brother has, it just keeps, you know, yeah, it keeps going up and up and up. That's so amazing. And to have him come out to that and, and Yankee Stadium of all things, like in all places. Like and he actually all growing up was like a huge Yankee fan. So for him now playing for the team is just like I Unreal. still can't even believe it. Like walking into Yankee Stadium and it's like my my brother's play. <laughs> like it, it's so strange. It's so strange. Is, are you nervous for him when he goes up the pitch? My mom gets super nervous, but I'm more just like excited and anxious. Like I, sure. I have so much fun watching him pitch. I'm not so much nervous unless he gets into like a, a bad situation <laughs> yeah. can happen. Then maybe I'll get a, a little nervous, but honestly, I'm just like excited. That's cool. Do you guys go to a lot of the games? We do. Um, we, I mean, I'm only about, two and a half hours from mm -hmm. from new york city so that that's another awesome thing is like he could be on any team and he's a team that's a couple hour job. yeah if he's in the east yeah it's yeah. close so with COVID all last year it kind of stunk because that was like his first full year up in, in the pros yeah in the major leagues so that kind of stunk it was like this whole year of him being there and we couldn't even go Absolutely. yeah yeah in the stadium so this year we've gone quite a few times um and then yeah i mean it's it's kind of crazy how this has all unfolded that's so cool that's so cool so aside from your brother not being able to, or not being able to see your brother pitch during covid like how did that affect you like were you doing something that was kind of shut down or mm. not so much because you're so in-house yeah that I was very fortunate to like have a studio all set up and had everything I needed to continue to pump out as much music as possible. I saw it more as like an opportunity that everyone was home now and they're on their phones and they're on their iPads and they're just on social media looking for entertainment. Like I need to step up my game. That's when I like bought a green screen and had just really leveled up my whole Instagram game mm -hmm. and wanted to just entertain everyone that was going through it for the past year. Um, so I pumped out, I think more music than ever because I was home so much that I could do that. And just really focused on like connecting with the people that were following me. So I would do tons of live streams and have, you know, supporters on there and chat with them for like an hour. Um, and it, I don't know, it was just, I hate saying this because it was such a bad year for a lot of people, but it was honestly like one of the best years career wise for me. Which yeah. Seems kind of crazy. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, like you said, sometime it happened where you could kind of capitalize on the situation, unfortunately, but yeah, it is what it is. And it kind of it was the same thing for us on our podcast, to be honest, yeah. as horrible as it sounds, but now everyone's home and nobody has anything to do. So they're like, yeah, sure. I'll chat with you. I'm sitting at home anyway. <laughs> exactly. It's like you just had to switch gears a little bit and mm -hmm. it, you could make it work if you wanted to make it work last year. Sure, sure. sure. Wow. Okay. So having a song release every month, you said for the past four years, 
is this something that you have to kind of get ahead of? Like, do you have the next like three months of songs? Like, I I usually do. Um, so I I've been um trying to finish up another one today to be my next one because sometimes things happen where like okay I need to have a song for this project or with this distributor or whatever mm -hmm. so things can kind of get thrown around so I like having like a big vault of songs that I can go to and be like okay this is the next one to release I can quickly shoot the cover art right in like my home photo studio I can shoot a little performance video and and crank it out so I I usually have a, a decent vault of songs to go to that's good. So all the photos that you use as your single covers, those are all done. What on that, that behind you <laughs> or a lot of them? I would say 95%. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then I just edit the crap out of them. I use, sometimes I use a green screen. Sometimes I use different color photo backdrops. I, my fiance for like one of my birthdays, maybe five years ago, he saw that I was, paying so many photographers and videographers to do my content for me. And he knew that I loved doing that kind of stuff, but I didn't have a really good camera. So for one of my birthdays, he's kind of splurged and got me a really good camera. So ever since then, I've probably saved a ton of money by him investing in that one camera. That's nice. That's really nice. And was something like video editing and Photoshop and all that, was that something that you started to get more into during this I, pandemic or was it I something you already did? you're spot on with that like I really tried to step up my game I would watch YouTube videos and tutorials on how to do everything from green screen editing to creating filters for myself on Instagram like I really tried to hone in on all of that stuff so I could be full on DIY I I, I don't know if it's a bad trait of mine but I don't like relying on other people and maybe that's just me being jaded from things happening in the past where things fall through but I just like to kind of be in control and be like okay if I want to release a song next month I can crank everything out on my own essentially for free sure sure so PTSD is the most recent song yeah. uh, and that came out for this month do you have one lined up obviously for July or I mean August I do that's the one I'm trying to finish up today I had one that was completely ready to go and then I got this opportunity with this TV show and they're looking like, have you ever heard of the uh, show Eurovision? Yeah, there's like a, no, it's funny is there's a, I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. There's like a mock version of it that Will Ferrell is on. It's like a movie and Will Ferrell stars in it. Yeah, I, I forgot who else is with him. It's Will Ferrell and somebody else, but yeah. I watch it, but essentially like this, show is coming to the u.s like it's always been in europe oh, yeah it's coming to the really come to the u.s i don't think i signed an nda or anything i'm trying to like backtrack and think i don't think so um i won't say the exact name of the show i guess uh, but essentially they like have a rep from each state and you sing an original song of yours and um compete against all other 50 states so I don't, I don't think I'll have to beat out too many people in the state of Rhode Island if that's the one they have me rep because <laughs> it's so small. Um, but, but then but, you go against everybody from the whole country. I, so there'll be 50 yeah. people that go into yeah. Yeah. going against each other. 
pitching their original songs and you can't have it be a song that you've already released or you'll have to re-release it through them. Um, so that's just kind of a pain. So I had this song that I've been sitting on and I've been like super excited about it. I was really excited to release it like next month. And then when they came in, I'm like, oh, this could be the perfect one for that. Right. So I'm going to like hold off on releasing that one just to have that in my back pocket in case the everything goes through with the show. So to be that's cool. That. That's really yeah. cool. I look forward to seeing that. And that's rad that they're doing that. But you should go watch the it's on Netflix. It's, it's called Eurovision. <laughs> and it's got Will Ferrell. It's like a mock of the whole thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like I didn't even know this, like Celine Dion's got like her start on that show or something i didn't even i've obviously never watched it because it was like a european show but Uh i had never heard of it until the movie came out and then i was listening to another podcast and jim jeffries this comedian from australia he was on the podcast and he was talking about it and he said like that was the he everyone was trashing that movie and he said it was like the funniest movie he thought he saw and like in the past like over like you know, COVID or whatever. And he was like, but it's probably because I used to watch Eurovision growing up, but we didn't, yeah. you know, we didn't have access to it. So, no, um, exactly. but you should watch it. Yeah, I'm sure it's that. funny. Um, <laughs> and then you were also on TV, right? You did the voice. I did. Um, I got through two rounds and there are like a lot of rounds before you actually get in front of like the television judges. So that's oh, got fun. you something that people don't know you think like you're just going and performing right in front of those judges but you're performing for like producers of the show first so that was honestly like a really cool experience though I had auditioned for American Idol back when I was like 16 right when I could audition and oh um, would you stand in line and all that fun stuff oh yeah in the what was that like oh my it was horrendous. Like the rain was coming <laughs> sideways and we're like started standing there at like four in the morning. It was brutal at Gillette Stadium. And um, I just knew I was screwed when the two kids in front of me went, they were twins and they like had the whole package. Like their voices uh. were incredible. They harmonized, they were dancing, the way they were dressed. Like they just like looked like the epitome of star to me at least. Right. And all they said to them was, sorry, it's a no. And I was like, shit. And then (laughs) I look over and the guy that was horrendous singing in a green tutu and a Burger King crown, they were like, yep, go through to the next round. I was like, oh no, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. Oh yeah. It's so that's that because they need those people for the like blooper reel stuff. Oh, a hundred percent. But with the voice, like even in the application to audition, it says if you're not serious, do not come. Like that's not. <laughs> if you show up wearing a Burger King crown, we will send you away. <laughs> like that's not their stick. Um, they're really looking for people who want to take it seriously. So I was like, all right, this is probably more up my alley. So uh-huh. I auditioned for that. I think I was 19 um, and got through to the next round. Um, I you start with auditioning for the producers of the show. And then you go through to the next round and you go to New York City and it's like rehearsal studio spaces and you go in there and you perform for a camera and there are a couple people like sitting behind it and then they're like, all right, if you get through to what would be like the official voice, like we'll give you a call. I never got that call back. Uh. (laughs) whatever it's, it's all good you're do, you're doing bigger things <laughs> well, that, 
that's the thing. Like everything definitely happens for a reason. Sure. Some of those shows can lock you in for a long time, mm-hmm. even if you're not the winner. So mm-hmm. I've heard horror stories of people being locked into American Idol for like five years and they haven't been able to release music and they weren't even the winner. And right. I've heard that too. And oh like, I mean, just cause you make it on to, you know, Shakira's team or something, that doesn't mean anything. Right. And when you're, when you get booted, <laughs> it's not yeah. like you're leaving with this like perfect record of hits. <laughs> so uh, It's kind of a crapshoot, but I, yeah. mean, I would probably do it again. Like if in maybe five years when I'm older, mm-hmm. things haven't hit the way I want them to. And that could be like a fast track, but for now, I've been like turning down opportunities like that. Yeah, it sounds like you found your lane that's not involved with The Voice <laughs> or American <laughs> Idol. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm open to other TV shows. It's just kind of all about the terms that come with it. American Vision or whatever they're going to call it. <laughs> yeah, the American Eurovision. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Olivia, for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I I appreciate you having me on. I I had a lot of fun. I I love doing stuff like this. Awesome. I do have one more question for you. I want to know if you have advice for aspiring artists. My number one piece of advice is always like I preach consistency and I don't just preach it. Like I, I definitely practice what I preach. I try like I am posting every day on my social media there's no reason why you can't it's so accessible to everyone um and in order to do that I usually film all of my stuff for the week in one day so it's like okay I don't need to get ready every day and film new content it's just like okay let me crank this out on this one day I'll have content to post for the week I have an alarm set on my phone like okay it's time to post so I don't forget like I just think consistency is so key honestly in anything you do but especially in today's day and age where people just like want more want more want more it's it's something that you have to do, I think.